Here we go. Welcome. One more Dominion Sonship Live coming to you all the way from the hill. Yay, yay. We raise up that hill. We, we come, we come unto him, the one true God. And, um, I have a title and the title is, um, he gave it the very last minute. And then shortly after he followed up with another word. And it is from Matthew six. Do not worry about your life. Do not worry about your life. Ah, I mean, I can look at this phrase morning, lunch, and evening and get new revelation and, 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 and it convict me. Do not worry about your life, Desi. Do not worry about your life. Do not worry about your life. He gave me this from Matthew six this morning. And then during the worship, moment he spoke to me how about you trust me now how about we trust him now how about we trust him now what has he done for us well we know he died for us but at times it can be so removed from us but what about yesterday what about this morning what has he done for you and all of it because he died for us. All of it because he so loved us that he died for us to show us his love. And so how can we not trust him? And yet we encounter ourselves in these moments where we're like, okay, okay, God, I've never been here before. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to make it, God. Will I make it? And he's like, how about you trust me now, Desi? How about you trust me now? How about now? Right now you trust me. Do you not remember what I did for you yesterday? Do you not remember, Desi? Or are we so quick to forget? And so let us not be quick to forget. Let's go to Matthew 6. You know, we should never outgrow these verses in Matthew 6. These are the words of Jesus, and he says to us, Therefore I say to you, verse 25, did I say that? Matthew 6, 25. Therefore I say to you, how, how personal, how personal, you can put your name. Therefore I say to you, Desi, Desi, I speak to you. Don't worry about your life. What you eat, what you drink. <laughs> Nor about your body, what you put on. Mm. You know, I read these verses and, and when they really apprehend me, that is always when my heart's open, if I'm not apprehended by the words because my heart's closed off. But when I read these verses and I read again, I say to you, Desi, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about your life. What you eat, what you drink, about your body, what you put on. I'm like, God, I've been worrying. And I just hide my face in the book. I'm like, God, let me remember. A lot of my prayer time looks exactly this way. God, God, how can I slip so far at times? Oh, God. Not out of condemnation, but out of a heart of desperation. Oh, Lord, oh, God. You've been so good to me, Lord. 
You've never failed me, Lord. You brought me this far, God. Why will I doubt you now? And yet here I am, wondering, how am I going to make it? Oh, did I ever know that? Did I ever know that? <laughs> did I ever know how am I going to make it? Never did I know it. I can be, well, give my testimony. I never knew I was going to make it. I never knew how I was going to make it through that moment. I never knew how I'll, I'll calm myself down. I never knew. One thing I knew is I come back here and I read. Therefore, I say to you, Desi, do not worry about your life. Do not worry about your life. I'm like, oh, God. I forsake the fear. Oh, God, I trust you. What you eat, what you drink, nor about your body, what you put on. Is not life more than food? Is not your life more than food? And the body more than clothing? I think about it. He gave his life and his body so that we eat and be clothed with a rope of righteousness. Is not life more than food? He gave his life for you and me. And the body more than clothing, and he's broke his own body to feed us. That's what he said, you know, not a single sparrow falls to the ground without the Father knowing how much more dear are we to our Father. This revelation of my life being precious to God is what I want to grow up in. That I was so worthy for him to die for me. And it goes back to the love of God, a revelation of how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you today. That he will say to you, don't worry, child, don't worry. Don't worry. And then he say, let me show you why not to worry. Let me give you a little example that you can see every single day. Look at the, look at, well, look at the birds of the air. Even in winter, they fly. Okay, maybe in the summer we can't see the, the, in, in northern climates that is. We can't see the flowers of the field. But we can definitely see the birds of the air flying. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. They do nothing to preserve their lives. They do nothing. I gotta do something. I gotta do something. You gotta do something. No, I do nothing. How about I trust God now? How about I trust God now? Like right now. He says, look. Look at the birds. Look at the birds. Can you see the birds? Well, they are testifying to us a carefree life. 
They are testifying to us a trust that has no figure out in it. But follow the wind. Follow the wind of the Spirit. Soar high in these heights of trust. Trust and obey. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not, are you not of more value than they? Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, which of you by worrying? Some of us can be so good at worrying. Oh, worry, worry, worry. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? You can add no growth to yourself. No spiritual growth whatsoever. No physical growth. No cubit to his stature. So why do you worry? <laughs> so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, how they grow. So now he said to us, you can't add a single cubit to your stature. You can't add growth to yourself by worrying. And then he's going to show us an example of growth that is supernatural, can we say. How the flowers grow. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. How do they grow? How do they add cubit to their stature? <laughs> they do nothing. Nothing. I know. Hits our head. What do you mean, Jesse? I quit my job. I'm not saying that. I'm saying quit the worry. Quit the worry. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And if God so clothes the grass of the field, if God so clothes, here we understand it is God who does it. It is God who does it who clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown in the fire. Some would say he's so wasteful. He's not wasteful. He's demonstrating his lavish abundance. He's not afraid of running out. He's not afraid. Oh, I'm not going to do my best on that little flower because within before the season's over, it's going to wither in a couple of weeks. I look at the peony. They, they're good for like about a week and a half. My peonies, they come out so beautiful and then they wither and it's gone. Till next summer. God did not waste beauty by producing a beautiful peony for a week and a half to bless my sight. That's who our God is. Our God is good. Our God is good. And goodness is abundance of a heart that is wide open to another. With no holding back. 
And yet there is a precision and a discipline to his love. But it's not a hold back of bounty of mercy. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, tomorrow's thrown in the oven, thrown in the oven, thrown in the oven, not even use this fertilizer, thrown in the oven. Will he not, will he not much more clothe you? And look at this, look at this. Look how he finishes that. Oh, you of little faith. It starts with, do not worry. And so when we catch ourselves in worry, we are to do what? Forsake it. Let it go. Come back and remind yourself. Come back and remind yourself. Here in 31, therefore do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For all these things, for all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. This is what I do when I catch myself in worry. It's verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God. Because at that moment when I'm caught in a worry moment, when I'm anxious for something, when I'm, I'm being, I'm being, I'm, I'm navigating little means by which to make myself come out of this trouble, uh, trying to figure something out. At that moment, I know it. I've taken my sight off of God. I'm seeking a resolution over a situation. Rather than seek Him, the resolver of all my situations. The Father of glory. The Father of glory. Right before we put the camera on, I read from, from Hebrews. No, not Hebrews. And it wasn't Acts either. It was Ephesians. Ephesians 3, in Ephesians 3, I read, I read for our inner man to be strengthened, to be strengthened. I have to find Ephesians. Ephesians 3, 14. This is what seeking him looks like. A bowing of my knee. To my heavenly Father. 3.14 Ephesians. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. He knows your name. He knows you today. He knows you today. And then Paul writes this prayer out that we be granted the supernatural strength of the Holy Spirit. 
in our inner man, not in the carnal man. You become smarter, 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 and you have these schematics of if this happens, this is what you do. If this doesn't happen, then to make it happen, then I got to do this. Schematics. No. The strengthening is not in your brain power of your natural man. The strengthening is in your inner man. That Christ, verse 17, may dwell in your heart through faith. How many times have read this? How many times? I'm like, what do you mean, God, that Christ may dwell in my heart by faith? I thought he already did. Talking about the full stature. The full stature, because he finishes that little portion in verse 19, to know the love of Christ, full maturity, it's to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. To be filled with all the fullness of God, that Christ may fully dwell in your heart by faith. By faith. By faith. And so let's go back to 33 in, 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 in Matthew 6. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the love of God. Seek first the way of God. His righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. That is the end of all frustration. That is the end of all agitation. Seek God. Seek God. How do we seek God? In His Word is how I seek Him. In my quiet times in prayer, I still myself. And I remind myself, trust God, Desi. How about you trust God now, Desi? How about you bring to remembrance what He did for you, Desi? That night vision he gave you when you were hell-bound and even know it and loving every moment of it, hell-bound. Didn't want to know about Jesus, Jesus. Didn't want to know about Bibles. Why worry now? Why worry now? Can we change it? Add a cubit to the stature of our life? Can we make it better? Or be more seen in a better light by worrying? No. That's what he says. You can't make anything grow by worrying. But what do you do? You seek him first. You trust him. You trust him. You lay down your life. You lay down your life. You forsake your carnal ways. And you pick up this new life called faith. Trusting God. Believing God. Believing God. Look, eight. Because the cares of this world is how many Go astray. Look, eight. I just did a 
podcast and I used this verse. I used Matthew 6 and Luke 8 together. So I'll just, I'm touching on it a little bit here. Luke 8. And it was, uh, the podcast was considered Jesus. Luke 8, 14. Now the ones that fell among thorns, those who when they have heard, they've heard the word that was sown, the intent of the word that was spoken was to be sown in a fertile ground of one's heart. And so we know there are four grounds in, in the parable of, of the sower that sows the word. And this is one of them, the seed falling among thorns. And even that is pretty neat. We live in a very thorny world. Our life is actually in the midst of thorns, weeds. And the word actually says that we'll grow simultaneously with the weeds. And in the very last hour, there will be a separation. But in the meantime, you are in the middle of thorns and thorny situations. Weeds. But don't allow the weeds and the thorns to choke the word out of your life. Just because you live in a world so thorny. How do you disallow it? Not taking the care. By trusting God. By not worrying. You know, a simple statement as what Jesus said in Matthew 6. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. It has eternal consequence. Eternal consequence. And this is really the basic basis, the foundation of our Christian life. Trust God and it's the most contented moment of everyone's day. That's why Paul told the Galatians, oh, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? You started this in the spirit by faith, through the hearing of faith. But what happened? Now you think you can do it yourself? You're reverting to the works of the flesh? Who has bewitched you? Blinded you? Cast a spell on you? I tell you who, carnal flesh. Carnal flesh. Once always add a cubit to my stature. I'm so good. I'm so, so good. I'm so, just look at me how good. I can manage everything. Absolutely, I can manage nothing. Of myself, I can do nothing. So here, go look eight, you know, this ground, thorny ground. A good seed was placed in the midst of it. But what happens? The ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, they are accountable for what they hear. They go out. They go out. Actually, that word is very, in your own time, look it up in the Greek. It's a very powerful word. They go out and are choked with cares. They're choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life. That's really what brings worry into your life. The cares of the world, the riches that everyone's after, and the pleasures of life. 
I'm worried because they don't love me enough. So I can't go party with them. I'm excluded. They're excluding me from their fellowships. I'll have no good company. I'm going to be alone every single day. I'm alone. Worry. It's worry. I'm alone. I'm so alone. No one, no one, no one calls me anymore. Don't need to call me, but I'm just saying how it can go in our minds. Because we think, oh, I'm not after the pleasures of life. But when we break it down, what does that really mean? Really, a lot of it is tied to pleasing man and receiving validation from man. And these that are sown among thorns, what does the word say? It finishes off that verse with, they bring no fruit, no fruit to maturity. It spoils on the vine. Mm. It spoils on the vine. Let's go to Philippians. There's a better portion for us here. We're not going to let his fruit be spoiled. Nope. The gift of God within us will grow and increase because we'll trust the living God. If, uh, Philippians uh, 1 verse 3. 1 verse 3. Paul again praying, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident, so he's, he's thanking them for, for walking, really, a very close walk in ministry, that they have been an aid to him. Uh, and the gospel, verse 6, being confident of this very thing. Being confident of this very thing. I'm reading this in light of do not worry about your life. And Paul says, I'm confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He will complete it. Has he called you? Has he called you? You are his. He knows your name. He feeds the birds of the air. He clothes the lilies of the valley. He has called you. He has you. You will make it because he in you is working to will and to do according to his good pleasure. And that's what later on in Philippians chapter 2, 13, that's exactly what thir verse 13 says. It is God. It is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. How, Desi, it is God. Well, Desi, that's a little bit of a broad statement. It's God. I don't know how I'll come out of this moment, but it will be God's grace, God's revelations, revelation. It will be a lead out of his spirit, but I'm not going to my own self come out of this place of the rest that we spoke of, Jesus the Lord. That I stay in the rest which we, we've looked over the many weeks in, in Hebrews 4, faith is this, the rest of faith. I'm not going to come out and be choked and bear no fruit for the kingdom. But I'm going to be like Paul, back to 1, 
6 in Philippians, confident of this very thing. He who has began a good work in me, in me, in me, and I go back to the moments of what he's done for me. He's working it out. I'm his workmanship. I'm his workmanship. I'm not the finished product yet. So don't be disappointed. Don't expect perfection out of Mrs. Schneider. <laughs> I'm a work in progress, as all of us are. And so we are to give one another grace and patience. But we have to have this confidence that he will complete this glorious work of transformation. In verse 7, just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains, and look at this, Inasmuch, he is writing, look at this, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. So no matter what it looks like, whether he was chained or unchained, his life was fully given to the gospel. But at times it could look like he, it is not look like, but he was actually, he was in chains or at times he was not in chains. It didn't matter because he'd learned to be content. How? Trusting, being confident of this very thing that the one who started the work in the apostle Paul will complete it. So whether he was in chains or not in chains had no consequence to eternal working. My dear, what kind of a crucified life does that look like to be not moved by natural circumstance ever? But abounding in the work of the Lord always. This is my press of faith. This is what I want to attain to. And that's why this morning he spoke to me. How about you trust me now? Tells me I'm not quite there yet. How about you trust me now, he said. It's got a sense of humor. You're kidding me, God. You're kidding me. I thought I trusted you. See, with every stretch and every layer of growth that's added on to us is a new level of faith required. It's a new step out that we are in, in, in motion of doing for the kingdom of God. And so it's not like we didn't trust him back then. We're to trust him evermore. Oh, to trust him more. Like that old hymn, grace to trust him more. And so, for God, verse 8, for God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all, I long for you all with affection of Jesus Christ. And verse 9, and this I pray that your love, and that's the word agape, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment. And I can put here Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
This is how we abound. This is how growth is added to us. We look at Colossians through the last few weeks, or 19, 20 there, the way to lay, um, hold fast to the head, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what seeking him looks like. Colossians 3, we spend a lot of time there as well. In, in verse 3, that we're to, we're to do what? It's just right around the corner here. Colossians 3. To set your mind on things above. That's how you cast the care. How you escape the deceitfulness of riches. How you avoid the temptations of the pleasures of life. How you refuse to be choked up. Bound up. Resembling in the world and going to your local church. Like there's nothing amiss with your worldly lifestyle. Everything is amiss with your worldly lifestyle. It is not of God. It is not of God. It's full of cares. It's full of anxiousness of mind. It's full of worry. And above all, you are shutting out a conviction of the Holy Spirit. That's the most dangerous one. By dulling your senses in pretense. So when he says, do not worry about your life, it's living a life that's consecrated to God. Living a life that's consecrated to God in in um, First Thessalonians five. You know that chapter five. I've read it over and over, so often. But I'm I'm going to go more to something I, I I don't usually read from there publicly, so to say, verse twenty three and twenty four there. But you know the beginning of that. It's about sobriety, sobriety of mind. Don't be intoxicated with anxious mind. That's all that is found in the world. You know, in verse 8, um, 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith. Not an anxious heart. But the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, not a worried mind, no, but as a helmet, the hope of salvation. To have a mindset that is always above, to have a mindset that's lifted up all the time, never downcast. Oh my dear, this is my challenge. This is what I want to attain, not to be grumbly, grumbly, grumbly. Everyone done me wrong. Someone did me wrong again. Oh my, we are full of testimony. We are full of testimonies. Even this morning, I heard a powerful testimony. We're full of testimonies. Let's bring to recollection. This is how you put this helmet of hope. You bring to remembrance everything he's done for you. He's not going to leave you nor forsake you now. Verse 9, I love it. I love 9. For God did not appoint us to wrath, not for a heavy heart. You never abandoned you. You weren't appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we, whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Whether you're here now or up in heaven, we live together with him. Reality divine. Oh, to trust him more. 
And so we go to verse 23 from there. How made the God of peace himself. So, you know, it comes on certain exhortations that Paul gives them. And, you know, it was to be patient with all. And then in 16, to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing and everything, giving thanks. Um, then in verse 19, he says, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. And that's why I don't read verse 23 of its own. Because you see, it comes right after this exhortation of being accountable to God to shun every form of evil. Worry is evil. If he says to me, do not worry, and, and I know I'm not to worry, but I keep on worrying, it is sin to me. It's sin. It's evil. How, in the 23, how may now, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. He alone, Jude says similar, that he, he keeps us, he keeps us, I'll get to Jude after, after finish here to preserve us blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Why do you not worry? Because the one that called you is faithful, faithful to keep you. And you to him will walk faithful, faithful to him, to be patient with all, to rejoice always. To pray without ceasing. To not despise prophecy. See, if we muddle with the wrong things, we walk in anger, refuse to be patient, like to grumble sometimes, not rejoice always. I'll tell you, you find yourself in some bad, deep, worry place. Because you haven't hooked from peace. You haven't hooked from the Prince of Peace. You haven't hooked from faith, the faith of the Son of God. But thank God for His mercy. Because He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. It goes to what we just read in Philippians, right? Paul's confidence was what? That He who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Until the day of Jesus Christ. Jude. And again, this verse 24 and 25 in, in Jude follows from 20 to 23. It follows the verses above it. In verse 20, we're to build ourselves up with our most holy faith, by praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping ourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we are to walk a life of submission, obedience. And on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others safe with fear, pulling them out of the fire, 
hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. And so we come into 24 now. Now to him who is able, who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Forever. Amen. Therefore, do not worry about your life. We're going to finish with Hebrews at the very end of 11, how I always stir myself up. This, this portion here in Hebrews 11 from 30 onwards is what has always given me an ump and pulled me out of some dire places. Because I bring to remembrance these accounts of old. Hmm. And I'm like, there's nothing impossible to our God. How God? Here we see it. Verse 30, Hebrews 11. By faith, by faith, not by doubt, not by worry, not by fear, not by an anxious mind, not by an angry outlook. No, by faith. And faith works by love. The expression of faith is joy. So by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. Amazing. Amazing, where they say chariots could run. That How wide those were, chariots could run on those walls around Jericho. But they fell. How? By faith, there was engagement of the trust found in the heart of man to follow divine instruction. And the power of God manifested. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. Think about it, seven days. There was a time frame to that miracle. By faith, the harlot. But again, we can't, we have to be careful when we say miracle because it was through the miraculous power of God, but it was by faith. He didn't say through a miracle. He said by faith. I, that's why it's so important to hear him say, Desi, I say to you, do not worry. It annuls your faith. That's where the angel says, oh, you have little faith. No mountains are going to collapse. You want mountains to collapse? One thing you're going to do is stop worrying about the mountains. Stop worrying about it. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe. I mean, everyone in Jericho died outside of Rahab and her family. Everyone. The whole city was demolished. Everyone was killed. Except for Rahab. How? By faith. She showed mercy to God's people. She believed that which she heard of God. 
She stood for God rather than for her little people. They were anti-God. It didn't work for those who were anti-God. It worked for her because she was for God. If God be for you, who can be against you? By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe. Look at that. Not believing is perishing. Worrying is perishing. Oh, Desi, why would you say worrying is not believing? Because it's pretty self-explicatory. I believe in God, but I just had like a two-hour worry session right there. No one saw me, not even you, God. You did not see that. Didn't see that, God. I just, I was just, I was reading the Bible, you know, I was reading the Bible, but my mind was so worried, but you didn't see that because I was reading the Bible. We do it. But by faith, harlot, not because she had a righteous behavior. Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Mm. Even there's a lot there, but anyway. Verse 32, and what more? Received with peace. She, she came in agreement with them. She came in agreement with the will of God. I can't let it go. When she had received the spies with peace. You see, faith looks like you come in agreement with the report of the Lord. You having peace with the report of the Lord. Versus being troubled by the world's report. So what will work for you is that which you have extended peace to. Can I break down what that looks like? That which you have agreed with. Mm, mm, mm. I'm letting it sink in me. That which you have agreed with. That which you have agreed with that seems true to you. And everything the enemy has valid is exactly so. A bad doctor's report. The lab results show. These are the facts. But it can go through like in this moment... It obviously had nothing to do with doctor's report. But whatever you agree with, like you become buddies with, how can two walk together lest they agree? Whatever you have budded up with, that's what's going to work for you. It's that is what you have given peace to because everything is by faith. Do you know you can worry is faith in the wrong outcome? That's why those that did not believe perished. They agreed with not God's report that Jericho was part of the inheritance of the Israelites. Anyway, that was a good one. And so I, I read a few more. I know I'm a little bit. Yeah, it's all good. And what more shall I say? Because this is my favorite. What, this is the, this is where I get really excited. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of 
Gideon, I guess, I guess the right of Hebrews is exactly the same predicament as I am. The message is coming to an end. So he's just going to like, yeah, I'm in the same moment right here, buddy. For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Barak. And think of these names, Gideon, Barak. Think of these mighty men of God that really Gideon did not have a concept of who he was. God had to work with him. God would work with us because he's faithful to us. Barak and Samson and Jephthah and of David and Samuel and the prophets who, who through faith subdued kingdoms. Say what, devil? I subdue you foul thing. Oh, I love it. This is how I, I come up real strong. By faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, worked righteousness, allowed the word to bring forth a transformation in a moment, worked righteousness, obtained promises, they walked in the fullness of that which God said, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions is one of my favorite ones, Stop the mouths, I shut you up you foul tongue. I cut off the deceit, every foul weapon formed against me. I cut it off. I shut the mouths of lions. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Quench the violence of fire. Quenched the violence of fire. Not just a little gentle, you know, campfire, but the violence of it. Quench the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword. Out of weakness, we're made strong. So why gonna worry? That's why I'm reading this. Why worry? Who is your God? Out of weakness, we're made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women receive their dead raised to life again. Actually, write that verse. The Lord spoke it to me when a heart attack had come against my husband and the Lord supernaturally delivered him. I didn't even know what happened. And the Lord spoke that. And then we found a report later on because he was in the hospital that time. This goes to many, many years ago. So... What am I saying? You know, I said, who is your God? But I think the Lord is saying more than just that. He knows who he is. Do you know who he is? And if we know who he is, then we can trust him. So he said to me, how about you trust me now? How about you and I and all of us here trust God? We trust you, God. Amen. We are done. Oh, done.